I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ah, love you, Lola. What's up, homie? Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the normal Wigan Athletic to my Wigan when they play Leeds. It's just Peach. Yeah, my Wigan when they play Leeds. <laughs> that is a radical change of, of Wigan side, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. How are you, Justin? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Did you keep up with all the transfer business that was going on over the past week? Ah, I did, uh, unfortunately. I mean... Why do clubs leave it till the last day? It's incredibly irritating for me that they do this. And it seems to be getting worse and worse. I don't want to accuse some clubs of panic buying, but I think there are definitely a few culprits in the championship. Massively. What did you make of it all? Because there was a lot that happened. There there are two signings that stand out for me, and I'm sure we'll go over in in Mm. more detail. But the the signings that Brentford made, Baptiste and Fossu, were unbelievable. I knew you'd like that. At the cost as well, three million for both of them. Mm. It was ridiculous. There are, there are good signings elsewhere, yeah. but those two stand out for me just because of the potential that they have and how good they've been this season. Well, we'll, we'll talk about them Sorry, in a bit, Justin. Really Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself okay, too far. Okay, okay. We have a lot to talk about in this episode, mainly the matches that have happened yes. this past weekend because oh, yes, there football. has been a lot of swing in the uh, top of the mm-hmm. championship particularly. Uh, we'll get onto the transfers later. Instead of the other news, because there is so much transfer business that needs to be discussed. Then we'll have the polls and the Craig Bryson pub quiz, of course, later on. But first off, we'll start off with the matches. And we've got to start off at Ellen Road because it's bloody happened again, Justin. Wigan won. Leeds United, nil. The Latics (laughs) have won three out of 37 away league games since August 2018. Two of them have been against Leeds. Paul Cook has got Marcello Bielsa's number. It's, uh, yeah, in it, in the back pocket, isn't it? That win. It, it, it's weird that they can go to Ellen Road and have that confidence that they might get a result. Because not many teams will go there and, and do that. Mm. Um, it's very odd, isn't it? I wonder if last season's results may have been playing on the minds of the players. Is that something you think might have been a factor? I mean, I'd be surprised if it is because there are home games every, every Every other week, they, they yeah. Play, but they with play... the last season's result stands out so much that maybe it might have been the case again this season. I don't think so because that, that Wigan game last season they completely, completely lost their asses. <laughs> as as plainly as it is, they come. They that happened. This wasn't the case so much. But that result last season was during Leeds's decline. Yeah, and that was the result that everyone thought. Okay. Sure, they're not doing very well at the moment, but they'll win this game because we're going to so bad away from home. Mm-hmm. And then it obviously happens. 
I just feel like this result might have been playing on the minds. I mean, it's got to be said, a lot of the players are the same as last season, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it might be the case, but I just, I don't think, I don't think it would affect professional footballers who play week in, week out. I think they'd have seen it as any other game. Well, nonetheless, it is a big loss for Leeds. Uh, Bielsa got a bit of stick for not including Jean-Kevin Augustin and they, that doesn't happen very often. Bielsa don't get much stick from Leeds fans. It's usually whatever decision he makes, it's usually just accepted yeah. as that's what Bielsa thinks is best. But this is one he has been getting stick for. Apparently he needs time to get up to speed with the championship, which I can understand because he only played 260 minutes of football for Monaco uh, so far this season and he's mm-hmm. probably lacking match fitness. You're I pulling mean, a face. I don't I don't agree with that. I'm going to put it into context a bit. 34-year-old Wayne Rooney came straight into a derby side having not played football for 2 months and he's played every minute up until the 75th minute on uh Friday night. It's a fair point. The guy is 34 years old. Compare that to Kevin John Augustin who's what 21, 22. He's around there, yeah. Is he is is much younger than Wayne Rooney. Um I don't I don't think that You've you signed a player late in a January transfer window. You do not have time to bed them in. Mm. Well, whatever the case, they desperately need him because Patrick Bamford had probably his most Patrick Bamford game yet. Yeah, <laughs> seven had, shots. He had more shots than Wigan did. <laughs> and Wigan, the goal that they scored didn't even count as a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely unbelievable with that. This has happened, and as we say, Bielsa has got a bit of stick, but. We go on to the next game, and they've got a tricky run of games coming up as well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they they pull out of uh, they they pull through the, this run of games. But let, let's be let's be really straight here. Bielsa is the best thing that's happened to Leeds since what the Champions League semi final mm. uh, since David O'Leary since the O'Leary days. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I'd stick my neck out and say that because it's it pretty much been downhill from there up until he he came in. Better than David Hockaday. Oh, actually, now you may raise yeah, that point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, do, not dis- do not put disrespect on David Hockaday's name. He's the second best thing to happen since the O'Leary days. Okay. Um, okay, he deserves a bit of stick. I don't agree with the, the Augustine leaving him out. As I said, you've got to chuck him in straight away. Um, but I think this this stick is unwarranted given what he's got out of this, this side so far. Mm. It might be a bridge too far, but hopefully that the new forward can can come in and, and fire, fire them up the league because that's what they need. Yeah, a Wigan fan on Twitter summed it up perfectly, really. He said, it's weird being a Wigan fan because we expect to lose every game except for Leeds away and Man City in the Cup. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That, that's a good point. <laughs> I tell you, what, I nearly bet on Leeds to win, uh, Wigan to win, sorry, because I just saw it and thought, I'm not, that price is quite big. You've just reminded me that Leeds let me down on my accumulator. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two points from safety now for Wigan. Yep. After two straight wins, mm-hmm. they couldn't, could they? Maybe. It's the you know, second away win of the season. It's a huge, huge win. You know, they're building on Tuesday, uh, and, and as well as that, to, as, a, as a big plus, more of, more of those around him have, have lost. You know, I know Charlton won, but Stoke lost, Huddersfield lost, Barnsley, Luton lost. Mm-hmm. That these two results have been massive for Wigan. Yeah, absolutely. Brentford got back to winning ways with a 5-1 win over Hull. BMW in top gear, especially side Ben Rama, who showed really why he's one of the best players in the league. Massively. Got a hat-trick. Uh, just quickly, Ben Rama got a booking for taking his shirt off mm-hmm. to show the message about his dad who died last week. Yeah. Um, 
we need to get rid of this stupid rule. I don't like it. It makes no sense at all. Players shouldn't be carded for taking off their shirts. No. What what harm does it do? I don't understand. Unless they have some sort of weird provocative tattoo or message on, <laughs> it, on their tops, which I don't think many of them would. Yeah. Um, it's a weird... It's, it's always been a weird one. I, I grew up in the days of Ravinelli putting his shirt over his head, and then they took that away from us. But you, no, you are allowed to do that still. Because no. that's what Ben Rama did for his two other goals. He just lifted no, he just up lifted it up slightly. Yeah, but no, you can't. It can't like even if you put it over your head. They, there's not many that do that now. But even if you do that, you get booked. More players should do it. They should do that because it's a legendary celebration. Channel you're in a Ravinelli. We need more of that. Anyway, uh, Liam on Twitter says Embremo was below average with nothing he was trying coming off. Uh, this isn't an issue though because all the front three are excellent, and if one has a bad game, then the rest can do the work. Never has a truer word now been spoken. Yeah. Uh, Brentford now five points off the top two, and I'm still confident they'll be there at the end of the season. <laughs> we say this, but something always happens that puts a dampener on it. But they go away to a Hull side who have been pretty good at home, and they play really well on the counter-attack. I know they've lost Bowen and Grisicki, but defensively they're good. Um, I feel like you've understated the loss of Bowen and Grisicki there, because I think that's had a massive impact. Yeah, well, I'll I'll go into that in more detail when we go to Hull, but um, but as you say, you know BMW rightly get rightly get the credit for it. Um, but I think the form of Jensen, Norgard, and De Silva over the last sort of five or six weeks has given the team a new dynamic. The midfield is one of the most technically gifted midfield three in the league. I will get onto Hull in a minute. Stop laughing at me. The reason I'm laughing is because you said it. It's I know they lost Bowen and Grisicki. That's like saying, I don't know, I had a fight with a samurai and I, ro- and I won, but he didn't have his samurai sword. Yeah, that's a weird reference. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Carry on. Anyway, they're, they're as important to the side, I think, as, as, as BMW are, in my opinion. There, as I said, there isn't a more technically gifted midfield um, than this one in the league. Norgard has been ridiculously good as a as, mm. a as a pivot you know progressing the ball for a player like him is su- is such an important factor in a team that play the same football as Brentford yeah and Janssen as well created six chances I think it was in this mm-hmm. game all three of yeah. them are just absolutely class at all doing whatever job they all do and they do so many jobs yeah yeah absolutely and I think the, the, the key thing with Janssen <clears> is he looked relatively poor over the first sort of quarter of the season and then he's sort of come back into the side and he's really taken off now and I think mm. you're really seeing that quality that he that he's got yeah David Ray's mistake I, I mentioned this on Twitter <laughs> Do, does that count as a shot it can't but I feel like it has to it was on target yeah but it's not a shot though is it, it tough as all he might come out and say you know what I, I, I saw the gap under his foot I saw the gap under his foot yeah it's one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen is it worse than um Rudd's mistake for Preston last season against Which Birmingham one? Uh, <laughs> the one where he, he just didn't bend down far enough to pick it up uh, no I think that was worse because that was that was pretty that was poor this one the ball it was a weird bounce it was a windy day it was a windy day I it was a very windy don't day. think that's had an impact whatsoever but David Ray did admit it was an absolutely terrible mistake on Twitter but I digress uh, Danny on Twitter says Hull were awful today by League One players get League One football um, I've got a question whether their season is over Yeah. because I thought they might have a small chance of getting into the playoffs if they kept Krasicki and Bowen but without them they've got no chance have it, they what, we mentioned that it was half their goals on Twitter, mm. um, half their goals. Over gone. half their goals. 
you know, yeah, as you say, where does it where does it leave Hull? It is a worry, but they have to build on what they've got. Um, it, you know, it's quite a dramatic surgery on what was already a, a fairly decent side, um, and I think it will take a few games to get these these new be- new players bedded in and going again. So I think form wise, they might struggle over the next sort of few weeks because. I feel like they're going to need to sort of develop a completely new style of play. Mm. I think they've got a half decent side actually, Hull. Yeah. But you take out Bowen and Grisicki, and you think that they've lost all of their attacking force. And in the way that is true. Yeah. But sorry, they've you, just, stu- you just played that down as much as I did. <laughs> Samurai sword. <laughs> um, but whatever the case, they they have got a half decent side. Yeah. Um, and people maybe underestimate that. Um, so I think I think they're going to slide down the table. But not at an alarming rate. No, as I've said, it's it's going to take a, f- a fair few weeks, games and weeks, to get this ho- this side going again. Yeah, to yeah, get to get it where McCann wants it to get to. And again, credit to McCann for getting them where they have done already this season. Mm. West Brom got back to winning ways with a 2-0 win over Luton. Semi Ajayi amongst the goals. The Baggies without a win in seven before this. A much needed win, but Luton are so bad that I don't think you can really read too much into this victory, can you? Mm, no, but you know it's West Brom's first win since December in the league, so that I think a one 0 win shot off the arse would have been big for West Brom uh, mm. in this. Um, okay, Luton are poor, but West Brom just needed a win. They needed a win to get back going again. Um, but you know, as well as that, players looked at their best again. Phillips was creative. Robinson looked a threat every time he yeah. got the ball. And Kravinovic looked you know, very creative as well. Yeah, Callum Robinson really impressed me in this game. Yeah. Uh, since joining from Sheffield United on loan in January, he looked threatening, got six shots in this game. Chris on Twitter says, a massive win for us. Hopefully he can crack on now. Robinson put in a shift on his debut hard. Not to think he was a spectacular deal in the window. I think it's one of the coups of the transfer window, getting mm. Callum Robinson in. Because he looked every time I watched him for Sheffield United in the Premier League, he looked relatively impressive, but I think it was just a case of he didn't. He was a square peg in a round hole. Well, he was uh, absolutely brilliant for Preston last season. Yeah, absolutely. And he was, even though he missed quite a bit this yeah. season with the yeah. injury, I think it was their top goal scorer by a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And really, Preston have never really replaced him, have they? And mm-hmm. with you know the attacking threat that Preston or uh, Preston West Brom already have. Mm-hmm. This will only enhance them even more, won't it? No, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I think my, my only criticism of West Brom is that. Charlie Austin needs to offer a bit more. Well, I think a lot of West Brom fans have been saying that throughout the season. Really, he had a period where he seemed like he was really starting to get into mm. it, but he's gone off the ball again, really, hasn't he? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think Semi Ajayi has more goals from open play than Austin this season. That would not surprise me. So I, I think that yeah, he needs to offer a bit more. Yeah, interestingly, this was West Brom's first clean sheet at home this season. Oh yeah, I heard that. Unbelievable. That is weird. The fact that they how many games have they lost? Not many. They've only lost four games this season. But they've been so leaky still at home. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, this win does see them move top, though. Uh, seven points from safety for Luton now with this loss. Bottom of the table. They're buggered, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems harsh saying it because, you know, plucky plucky old Luton. Plucky but, old Luton. Um, you know, they, they look blunt. Um, West Brom looked like scoring every time they went forward. Uh, it does look like they'll, they'll go down. But I do think Graham Jones should stay. Well, I'm not sure many Luton fans will agree with you. I think, I think but they, I the, think the thing is with Luton is they are the kind of club where they won't rush to any stupid mm. decisions, will they? And no. if they think Graham Jones is the man to take them forward, then he might very well be. And they're going down, as far as mm. I'm concerned. Um, 
the aim will be to prepare for next season now. Absolutely, and I, I, as I said, I think I think Jones just should stay. I think they should build something with him and allow allow him to build a squad that is capable of not only coming back up, but also, you know that can compete in the championship as well. But as we as we've said many times, they were they were he was shafted in the summer. Yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah, and they, as we said before, they've just not replaced, have they? They brought in Union and Kane and Cameron Art- Carter Vickers uh, during the January transfer window. It's not good enough, is it? Yeah, they probably need a bit more going forward as well, to be honest with you. Carter Vickers is all right. Decent championship player. Okay. You know Kane, I completely he forgot he well, existed. It, it, to, to be fair, he's been injured for a, for a long time. And I think... He's, he's a League One signing, though. Maybe. Massively. That's at St. Andrews. It finished Birmingham 2, Forest 1. Christian Pedersen with the winner. And we wondered why Forest fans weren't so hopeful about automatic promotion. This is why. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, firstly, what a game this was. Both sides had loads of chances, uh, but the story of the match is Forrest were in control until they had a penalty saved by former keeper Lee Camp. Campy! He just just pops up and ruins his old club's days every now and then, doesn't he? Uh, Then the game really turned on its head. Uh, Not a good result for Forrest particularly, is it? No, I think I'd I'd go as far as to say they were quite disappointing. You know, grabbing... I I saw a stat on... Friday, I think that he's, he's one of the top scorers since the start of last season, alongside Watkins and Morpe. Mm. Um, but he missed a host of chances, which is unlike him because he's very clinical. He yeah, missed, he missed a lot of chances. Well, something we've said quite often is that Forest just aren't creating enough chances because Graben will put them away. In this case, it kind of spun on its head where yeah. Graben had loads of chances and just couldn't put the bugger away. Cheers for. Making a fool of us when yeah. grabbing. Well, he could have got a hat-trick yeah. because he had three glorious chances, including the penalty. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Norrish on Twitter says, Today highlighted just how crucial Samba Sao is for us. He stops opposition players playing and is a huge part mm. of this season's success. The length of his injury will determine where we finish this season. And Freddie on Twitter says, A bad second half on Forrest. Can't complain about the first half. No, mo- no meltdown just yet. <laughs> Big games against Leeds and West Brom in the next two. Two weeks, big games, especially that Leeds one. If Sal, do you know how long he's out for? We don't know yet. Okay. If I'd feel a lot more confident for Forest because I think those two games will suit Forest a hell of a lot. Um, and if Sal is back in, I fancy them getting results against both of them. To be honest, but they they need to sort of be a bit more re- uh, well, better better reactive in, in terms of in game. You know, Jeremy Butler for Birmingham, for example. Taunted Forest all game. Mm. He completed six dribbles, which is a huge number for one player. Um, so I think if they react better in game, they can they can stop opposition. They yeah. just they just weren't good enough at that um, against Birmingham. Yeah, one win in nine before this game for Blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Hogan got a goal in his debut. If they get him back to his best, yeah. then that could be an unbelievable signing. I'm I'm a bit skeptical because he's always not particularly impressed me. He, he, he sort of falls into that category of a player who had a really good run of form, got a big move, and then has sort of lived off that big move for a very long time. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. There are a lot of players uh, in But him and Jukvits up front could be a pretty quality front two, couldn't they? Yeah, I sort of, when I saw, again, Birmingham, I saw the, the transfer window, they let Jimenez go, and I was like, what are you doing that for? And to be fair, Jimenez is really pond. Uh, uh, yeah, fair enough. But <laughs> I think he's got the worst conversion rate in the league. More than likely. But it, I thought it left them quite light um, going forward and 
they were after Anu Bakari from Wolves. I was quite disappointed that transfer didn't go through because he's mm. a player that I rate. Yeah, and I yeah. think again a permanent home for him would have, would have been good, especially one at Birmingham City who have a good track record of developing players. Um, so yeah, as I say, I'm disappointed that they didn't go through. But Scott Hogan, I think, will complement Jukovic really, really well, especially in and around the box. Yeah, those, and vice those, versa. Yeah, those back post knockdowns, Hogan's oh, going to yeah. be on them because he's very, very sharp in the box. Christian Pedersen got the winner and this gives me a chance to give him a bit of praise because I genuinely think he's the best left-back in the Championship. Best all-round left-back? Defensively and... Well, he's he can do both, can't he? Because yeah. he's so good going forward, so good defensively. And he was linked with a move away in January and he would have yeah. been a bigger loss for them than if Bellingham were to go to Man United because... He's absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. and he contributes so much going forward, as I say, him and uh, um, Colin yeah. on the uh, on the other side as well. Quality fullbacks. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, Pedersen were to go into the Premier League in the summer. Maybe. But in the meantime, let's just admire him while he's still here. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's four unbeaten now for Birmingham City, which is building confidence is going to be massive for that. You know, they were dropping down the table at one point. Yeah. Fulham won 3 2 against Huddersfield, even though they were 3 0 up. A weird game because Fulham definitely made it hard for themselves. Yes. First of all, what a goal from Bobby Reed. Bob Reed. Bob Reed. We agreed on this in the Yeah, week. Bob Reed. Um, <laughs> Alfie on Twitter says, extremely complacent when we got our third. Huddersfield were excellent towards the end of first half and in spells in the second, but we held out like we usually do, mainly due to Rodak. Uh, Mark Rodak. And an absolute yes. stormer. Yeah, he did, yeah. Making some really important saves. I'm not completely sure Bettinelli, if he was still in the in the in the Fulham net, would have made some of those saves. But Rodak, absolutely quality player, isn't he? Well, we we saw it at Rotherham last season for him. Mm. He was by far one of their standout players. If anything, he's like a new signing really, isn't he? Yeah. He's sort of one of those things that you don't know don't really know what you've got until you've started until you've and got, got it. Yeah. <laughs> That old saying. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely kept Fulham in the game here. Yeah, absolutely. Fulham up to third now. Three points off the top two. And with Leeds and Forest losing, this result looks absolutely massive. Yeah, massive. And um, we, well, I think one of the main things they well, was, nice, it was nice to see Fulham attack with a bit of intent in the sort of the first half an hour. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, complacency set in a bit. I think that's something that they've got to watch. There's that old adage of, 3-0 being a dangerous scoreline isn't it? Is, is that an old adage? <laughs> yeah can't remember I'll, I'll take your word for it uh, Huddersfield probably are lucky to, to come away from this game and get nothing they were the better team for two thirds of the game yeah. uh, HTAFC family on Twitter says a kamikaze first half by Huds but then totally battered Fulham but only managing two goals back Smithrow outstanding Cowley players in I'm sure they will climb up the table now Emile Smith Rowe, what a player he looks like! He's only nineteen. I forgot. I didn't realise he was that young. Yeah, I I didn't know that either. But he is looking like a proper talent, and he could end up being the signing of the January transfer window. Well, I think we said this at the start of the window that it was a it was a wickedly good signing mm. um, because with the potential that he's got, um, and that the goal he scored as well was very brave for a, for a nineteen year old from Arsenal who were. Renowned for being tippy tappy, don't get stuck in. Yeah, brave finish at the back post. Um, but as 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 we mentioned, I think the, the the thing that held Huddersfield back in this game was, you know, they shot themselves in the foot. They were so slow to start. I think Ste- Stearman for Bob Reed's goal sort of epitomised it. He sort of 
Reed sort of took the ball outside of him and he took about three minutes to do a complete turn. <laughs> um, like a barge. Yeah, they just they were too slow to start and obviously that, that ultimately cost them, I think. But they had eight shots on target. They, they really tested for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Scott Sinclair derby, mm. Preston and Swansea drew one all in a playoff six-pointer. The highlight of the game being Rian Brewster giving the referee a yellow card after he dropped it. I mean, it's been doing the rounds on Twitter. I think everyone's seen it by now. Yeah, I know, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I've seen better. When Gazza did it? Yeah. Yeah, and obviously... He got booked. Yep. And obviously Brewster was on a booking at that point. So. <laughs> he got sent off. <laughs> oh my God, he would have been so good. Well, maybe not for Swansea fans. It but... would have been so good. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that so much. But either way, a draw doesn't really suit either side, I don't think. No, I think it's it's a good result for both sides, really. Neither would have wanted to lose this. But I think a win was much needed considering the playoff race now is starting to look... A lot of teams are starting to fall out of it Mm -hmm. very suddenly as well. We'll get onto some of them in a bit. But these two are both very much in it. And there's now a three-point gap, I think, between Bristol City and the rest of the pack. So a three points here would have been extremely important. But, but it's, it's, I think both sides cancel each other out. Swansea's away record has been pretty good this season and Preston's home record is second, yeah. I think, um, in terms of points collected this season. So, as I said, neither team would have wanted to lose this. I know I know, a win would have got them further forward, but perhaps cancelling each other out was the likely outcome in this yeah. game. Scott Sinclair, Scott of Beauty. Yeah, showcased his ability, yeah. like, a, like I thought he would. I'm still not convinced, okay. but we'll wait and see on that one. I do fear that Preston are lacking that good striker and it's really going to cost them for the rest of the season because you look at the rest of their squad and it's really good. It's a really ta- talented squad that mm. would easily finish in the top six if they had that missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle. The Dave nugent size piece of the jigsaw puzzle. The Dave Nugent 2006 <laughs> size. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing that's going to... You know, really bite them. You know, good strikers cost a fair bit of money, and obviously pressing aren't loose with their loose with their wallets. So, as you say, that that might be something that hold, that they were holding back. But there have been plenty of chances where they maybe could have picked up a lone player. Well, there were so many players who have been banded around during the uh, yeah. January transfer window as being available for a Championship club, but. In the, in the end, there's only a handful who have actually made the move, haven't mm-hmm. there? I mean, yeah. Naki Wells off the top of my head. And Ketchio, we thought, was going to move. Didn't happen. Yeah. And Preston could have really done with anybody who's in that mould, really, yeah. just no, to absolutely. finish off those bloody chances. Uh, Swansea's goal, a beauty as well. Conor Gallagher playing through AU after a nice little bit of footwork. Mm-hmm. Lovely stuff. Uh, I'm going to say again, I'm really excited by this Swansea side. And... If the top five weren't to change for the rest of the season, as I don't think it will, I fancy Swansea to get into that final playoff place. You see, this is this will be an interesting debate debate because I fancy Bristol City to, to pip Swansea. Um, I think Swansea. I think it will be, be between those two, mm. um, just because of the quality of the, the teams that they, they've both got. Um, but I just I can't. I don't think there's enough in this Swansea side just yet for me to, Are you to be really convinced. That squad is looking unbelievable. If you get Van der Horn back, Joe Roden made his first start yeah. uh, since October. But if you get Van der Horn back in there as well, then that is an unbelievable starting eleven. Who comes in for Brewster if he gets injured? Well, that's it. 
at the starting 11. Okay. I didn't say the squad's absolutely full. Yeah. But I mean, I suppose you could put AU up top. But then who plays on the right? You, you, they've got options, all right? Routledge, Dyer, who haven't exactly. necessarily set the world alight. One of those two can do a job. And then you've got the likes of Gallagher, you know, uh, Selena, when he's on form, can be an unbelievable player. Which hasn't happened often enough this season. That is true. Yeah. But he's starting to really find his feet now. He's got he was quality poor. players he was poor against Preston, though. He, he does have games like that. I mean, Every, loads of... Yeah, has, has games like that more often than he has... Games not like that. That is true, but I'm st- I'm still thinking okay. this starting eleven for Swansea could be absolutely sensational. Shall we put a fiver on it right now? Fiver, uh, Ryan. <laughs> not I'm not made of money. Of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what are we saying? I I don't. You think Bristol City? Okay, I think Bristol City will. I think Swansea. Yeah. Tenor. Okay, a tenner. Okay. If neither team gets we've, shake, we've shook hands. I've got a poorly finger, so that really hurt. But we've shook hands. I think Swansea top six. I think Bristol City. If neither team get in the top six, tenner each to charity. Oh, but I hate charity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we agree we'll, we'll give the money to charity. Go on. Uh, let's move on to Bristol City. Your team uh, yep. won one nil away at QPR after a brilliant header by Fumara Jeju, an absolutely class header. Uh, after going through a sticky patch, mm-hmm. City are now top of the form table, four straight wins, no goals conceded in that time. They're also sixth and three points ahead of Preston in seventh. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, they are in the driving seat at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And I think they've got a, a very well balanced squad. They have it. They've had it all season. They've had injuries, but please, play, these players are coming back now. Um, I saw a Bristol City fan saying that one of the key things to them competing for the playoffs is keeping Nathan Baker fit, which is an interesting take, but with the form of their centre-halves, as we've seen uh, against QPR, their defence is probably the glue that is going to push his side further up the table. Yeah, their defence is sensational. Mm -hmm. Absolutely sensational. He's probably one of the best in the league, actually. Yeah, definitely. Four clean sheets in a row, and they've got two wing-backs who are incredible going forward. You saw saw Jack Hunt set Jeju up with a pinpoint cross. Um, And you add uh, Naki Wells into the mix. I think they've got a very good balance going forward now. Hmm. Um, And as, as we've seen this season, Wells is a lot more clinical than Vyman is. Well, well, he's the most clinical striker in the league, officially. Exactly. Um, and I think him and Jeju could strike up a fairly productive partnership, much like Wells and Hugo did earlier in the season for QPR. Yeah, could very well be the case. Uh, AJ on Twitter says QPR were ridiculously unlucky today. Adam on Twitter says it was the most boring 80 minutes, all of the ball but nothing with it. Seriously, Miss Necky Wells. I'm not sure I agree with that. No. <laughs> um I think QPR are really going to struggle for the rest of the season without Naki Wells. Yep. They actually had a higher XG than Bristol City in this game. Um, but they just couldn't put the ball away. And I feel like that's going to be a reoccurring theme throughout the rest of the season. Well, you have, you have over 70% of the possession uh, and only in one shot on target. They weren't, I don't, yeah, as I say, they weren't proactive enough with the Wells transfer. They should have brought in someone else. Obviously, sent the, the, the Brighton striker at, um, got recalled. So, again, without him, I know he's not played at all, but. They're now relying on Hugel, who has two goals since October. And he's only missed two games in that time. He's only managed a brace once this season. He's not prolific enough. Um, and QPR aren't good enough defensively to, to shithouse teams. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to the game yesterday, I thought Eberichi Easy was really poor. He, he was ball-watching for 
for the Bristol City yeah. goal, Hunt intercepted and cross for Jeju. Unfortunately, it's that naivety that's going to cost QPR dearly uh, this season. Uh, and obviously not putting away, or not creating enough chances, clear-cut chances not putting them away is, is going to be a factor now. Yeah, definitely. I can't agree more because it's, it's something we've said quite often that if the goals dry up, QPR will slide down the table. Mm-hmm. And with Wells gone, you've got to fear that will be the case. Yeah. Absolutely. Relegation six-pointer, Charlton. Victorious over Barnsley, Lau Taylor and Andre Green helping them to a 2-1 win. It's got to be said, Charlton were sleepwalking towards relegation. Uh, one win in 17 league games before this, yep. but a massive win for them. Yep, it's, it's a good two results for them to build on this week. You know, a 0-0 draw against Fulham. Yeah. And obviously the, the win today and Taylor scoring again after a hamstring injury. Uh, you know, you'd expect him to rise up the table, but you never know with this Charlton side because it depends who gets injured and when and how long for. Which has been pretty much the theme for the past few months. Exactly. Um, but as we saw yesterday, players are starting to come back. They they looked a lot healthier yesterday. Um, and again, clinical, as Charlton have been for most of the season. Well, for bits of the season, they've been very clinical. Um, and I think Taylor's proved his value to that side again, mm. which is why they were asking for £4 million in the window. Yeah, for a 29-year-old. 29-year-old with six months left on his contract. Yeah, and with a big old injury that he's just come back from. Yep. Mm, okay. Uh, four points above the relegation zone they are now, so managed to create a bit of breathing space between uh, the mm-hmm. rest of the bottom three. Uh, Tom on Twitter says, Barnsley, amazing second-half performance, but completely pointless when you play as we did in the first. Even after the window, there seems to be a real void of leadership and desire in the squad. Unsurprising when you only sign 20-year-olds. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, their turnaround in form seems to have died on its arse. One win in seven league games now. Yeah, Three they, straight losses. They've had a really poor January, haven't they? Yeah, and we, I suppose, in a way, I've kind of missed how poor they've been recently. Yeah. Because now there's seven points from safety, which, if you told me that a few weeks ago, I'd been really surprised about. Because it looked like they were really going to turn the ship around. Yeah, they, they were on a roll. They had very good run of form before Christmas, um, and to, to to really, you know, compound the the poor January form, teams around them are picking up points, uh, which is a real a real dampener for Barnsley. I think they're in good hands under Struber. Um, yeah, really good hands, and they've got a very healthy squad. They've got they've got a, a few players there that they can sell off for healthy profit and build again. Um, long term this Barnsley side I think will be very very good yeah I agree with that I think it's starting to look like relegation might be inevitable again but going into the league one next season they need to keep hold of Struber and as you say rebuild and then go again until they get promoted next season and then the following transfer window they sell all the best players again yep and then we go around in a big circle repeat uh, Coley Woodrow started his first league game in a month Scored. after an injury Yeah, uh, I'm sceptical about whether there actually was an injury I've got to say a bit coincidental that he's come yeah, straight back after the January fine. transfer window that's a good point yeah injury the club say in inverted commas yes uh, on Friday night Wayne Rooney beat Stoke 4-0 uh, Tom on Twitter says Derby were finally able to get the ball to their strikers and it showed in the scoreline <laughs> <laughs> That's my surprise. That was good. <laughs> Stoke paid us a lot of respect, and I can't remember any of the front three attempting to press us. Far too many players stand out, but a special mention for Dwayne Holmes again. 
Yes, he was outstanding. He played, he's, played, uh, he's played in a bit of a deeper role, running from deep, and I think teams are going to struggle with that because of how good he is with the ball at his feet. Being as small as he is, I think, helps him a bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as, as he as he pointed out, Derby kept Stoke quiet. They gave us a lot of respect. I didn't really know what Stoke's game plan was. He neither pressed nor sat deep. It was a bit, it was a bit strange, and Derby duly punished them for it. I thought Waghorn was great. Lawrence looked really good. Been a big critic of Lawrence. He didn't get any assists or goals, but his movement, um, his involvement in the forward play was, was great. And Martin, other than a five-minute spell just before he went off, was a superb ball game. I think he deserves a new contract. Stop it, you'll get the Derby fans framing at the mouth. I, I think Martin deserves a new, a new one-year deal. Uh, just going back to what you said about Tom Lawrence, he's a, he's a frustrating player, isn't he? Because yep. this game shows what he's capable of. Because yep. when he's on form, he has all the talent of any other player in the championship it's just that game happens about one in ten yeah it's, it's, it's clearly Derby's in terms of ability best player what, more than Rooney well not more than Rooney <laughs> but Rooney's sitting a bit deeper I think it, you know in a wing as a winger or a you know an attacking midfielder yeah. Lawrence is clearly one of the, the, the best at the club you know, you're adding Dwayne Holmes into the mix there, but I think still, I, still, I still think Lawrence pips him. There's something there that just isn't quite right, obviously. But as you say, games like this, it shows you what he's capable of. Even if he's not got a, a goal or assist, being involved in the forward players as, as much as he was, you know, he, he was brilliant. Mm. Speaking of brilliant, Rain Mooning sat a bit deeper. That's what I mean. It's what they for, need him to do, really. Yeah, into. the first 10 minutes, Stoke did press Rooney and then they sat off him and then he just dictated the game. Yeah, and if anything, that needs to happen more for Derby, don't, doesn't it? They need him to be sitting as deep as possible so he can have as much of an influence on the game as possible. Yeah, because I have no idea why Derby fans thought he'd play up front, but he's <laughs> no, he's not going to play up front. No. He's going to be much better in a deeper role. Yeah, Derby's home form. Unbelievable. They're in good home form. Yeah, <laughs> the, the contrast between the home form and the away form is it, it's painstaking. Yeah, you sort of wonder where this derby side could be with a goal. Well, yeah, you, they'd be in the playoffs if their away form was marginally uh, better. Yeah, half decent. Yeah, It's unbelievable and I don't know why this happens to teams that they can perform so well at home and then just be absolute turd away from yeah. home yeah. Uh, Stoke only two points off of relegation zone now well they had a good run of form didn't they it's, it's weird how the league works but that's probably why people love it um, but they were really poor Ince was kept quiet by a player who has been very poor after recovering from his third ACL surgery Craig Forsyth Craig Forsyth yeah. no criticism of Craig Forsyth because he's a great pro and I, I love him as a Derby fan but as I said Ince I've rated very highly but Craig Forsyth, third ACL surgery. What a man. Kept quiet. Brilliant. Also on Friday night, Cardiff and Reading played out a one all draw. Cardiff have become draw FC. Nine draws in 17 okay. since Harris took over. I get the feeling he's yet to really win over the Cardiff fans. Is that something you'd agree with? Maybe. I don't know. I don't really know what Cardiff fans expected because they had a group of players there that were set up by Neil Warnock. Neil Harris was the closest they could have got to Neil Warnock in terms of style of play. Aldi Neil Warnock. Yes, the cheaper version, uh, maybe. Um, it was going to be hard bringing in anybody else who 
could completely transform this Carly side because this, the players that were there just don't suit any other style of play. Apart from shithousery. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Guy Rout is the next man. Yeah. In a way, I'm surprised they didn't go for Rout. But... I think he already went to Millwall, didn't he? Before? Did he? I'm sure he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Millwall move became, came before. I thought um, Barrett... Was it Barrett? Yeah, he was, in charge. He, he was, was in, charge in charge for a while. Yeah, he was, he was in charge for a few games. But as you said, Cardiff City fans haven't quite warmed to him. But I think Cardiff should probably start to look forward to next season rather than this season. Yeah, because they're not going to get anywhere this season, are no. they? It's, they're another team whose season is pretty much over. Mid-table. Mm, unfortunately. Uh, Reading, decent point for them. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, 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 it's hard to believe they paid over £10 million for two strikers this summer, isn't it? And they still need a striker. Yeah. Is that all you offer? <laughs> on Reading, yeah, it's quite difficult to find words to, you know, give Reading credit because they've they've been at mid-table side for about six weeks. It's hard to get excited by them. But as you said, it's hard to believe that they spent some money on strikers when they aren't scoring what? you'd think they should be scoring after what Reading paid for them. I get you. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but we keep saying this Reading team is actually quite it decent good, on yeah. paper. Yeah, it does look good. But the results don't seem to really reflect that. They're just mid-table average, aren't they? Bowing out. <clears throat> Bowing out. Uh, at the Riverside Stadium, Middlesbrough and Blackburn drew one all. Lewis Travellis, lovely goal. That was a really good goal, yeah. Really good goal. I want to give him a shout-out because only 22 years old. And he does his job of winning the ball back in midfield like a player who is about 10 years older than him. He's so good mm-hmm. in terms of reading the game yeah. at his age. Sensational. And he's a future Premier League star for me. Yeah, I think Blackburn's academy goes under the radar a bit because they've produced some pretty good players over the past sort of four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, Go on and name them. Lenahan. Costello. Go on. Uh, Go on, keep going. There's going to be a couple. <laughs> Got to back yourself up when you say this. <laughs> David Ray. I'm not sure he's exactly straight out of Blackburn Academy, is he? Yeah, he's been there for years. I'm. Uh, I'm going off. Anyway, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, as I said, their academy goes on the radar a bit. Um, but other than this goal, I thought maybe Blackburn were a bit poor. Sorry, he's, he's, yeah, I'm just searching. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> uh, they, they they couldn't build on the goal, and um, if it wasn't for Christian Morton in goal, he was the best player on the pitch. You know, Borough continues to test him. Um, but I think all in all, pretty good result for Blackburn. They brought David Rea when he was 17, I think, if my maths is correct. When so, he was just a child. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you off. That's not really coming You're through welcome. the. It's not really coming through the academy, though, is it? You're welcome. Um, I'll take your word for it but yeah Lewis Travis absolutely quality player Premier League player in, in, the, the, making, in the making in the making yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to the worst game of the weekend Wednesday we're not, we're not going to comment on Borough what is that to say I think I will point out both sides I think are going to be quite intriguing in the latter stages of the season well they're the two teams we picked out to maybe be potential yeah. playoff candidates next yeah, season definitely but when you think Borough's recruitment in the window I think has been pretty good Um They've added some good players and Blackburn's squad is quite well balanced. I think Blackburn might be a dark horse for the playoffs, as we pointed out, as you pointed out. 
Yeah, uh, they're only six points off, so not many, but I, I'm still a bit sceptical. As, as we say, as we've already said, I think Bristol City and Swansea and then maybe Preston yeah. are the main candidates. But uh, yeah, Blackburn probably are the dark horse for they, them at the moment. I, again, they've gone under the radar, but they've been weirdly very consistent this season. I think that, that might play into their hands a bit because as we've seen Bristol City are quite streaky and Swansea have been relatively inconsistent since October. Mm-hmm. So they might play into their hands a bit. Yeah, they definitely need other teams to slip up if they do want to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's end on the worst game of the weekend. Wednesday and Millwall finished goalless. Uh, James on Twitter says, Terrible game, amazing chance at the end, totally wasted. Just like my day, really. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a nice away trip, Chef Wednesday. Yeah, expensive one though. Yeah, the tickets aren't cheap. Yeah, uh, Wednesday have really fallen out of the race for the playoffs. One win in seven league games now. Mm-hmm. It seems to have coincided with Stephen Fletcher's injury, but I didn't yeah. think it would affect them this much. No, and he, yeah, it's, it's, it is a strange one, but he has been a one-man wrecking ball up front at times for them. Um, but I think key thing here for Wednesday is keeping a clean sheet, given how poor defensive they've been recently. Um, Odebarger got absolutely slated in the week. Mm. He he played relatively well at left back and and Dominic Iorfa again, towering presence, best player on the pitch. Yeah, weird to think that Sheffield's only three points ahead of Derby. As a Derby fan, you wouldn't have uh, expected yourselves to be that far away behind Wednesday. I don't think many Derby fans would have looked at a league table for a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Millwall worth pointing out as well. They're just five points off the uh, playoff places as well, so still very much in that race. Let's go to the transfers, Justin. It's been a busy. Busy last week of the transfer window. The other news section for this week is going to be 100% transfers because there was just so many that we need to go through. I'm going to speed through some of the main ones. If you want to chirp up, then just do it. All right? Yep. Cool. We'll start off with Jared Bowen. Left Hall to join West Ham for £20 million. The Tigers have also lost Kamal Grasicki, who's gone to West Brom for around a million. A million. That made sense. I know he's getting on a bit, but still a million pounds. Hull are very much looking to next season with these. Uh, I think getting rid of Bowen as late as he did in the window was... Uh, they they shot themselves in the foot with that one. Uh, Grisicki, you're not going to uh, extend his contract for another year. He's on high wages. He's 32. A million pounds for a 32-year-old. Yeah, go on and I'll take that. They're not going to get relegated. I know what you mean, but still, they've got so little bite now. The Tigers have got so little bite going forward, it's frustrating. But I suppose financially it does make sense. No one's going to get more by the Tigers this season, are they? No. Uh, Marcus Madison has joined Hull from Peterborough after being linked with every championship club in the world. Uh, Wednesday have signed Connor Wickham on loan from Palace. I like that signing That's a lot. Signing. Really I, I like that signing. I, they could have done with him a bit sooner, I think, yeah, than def- right at the end of the definitely. transfer window. I do like Wickham. I think he's got a lot of... A lot of Unfulfilled potential. Yeah, injuries um, have obviously. Yeah, he's one player who has really suffered with injuries in his career. But if he can stay fit for the rest of the season, he could be a really good player for yeah. Chef Wednesday. Uh, sticking with Wednesday, Josh Windass has been loaned out there from Wigan. I didn't find this out until Saturday mo- yesterday morning. I it's a weird move from Wigan, getting rid of one of your best attacking players. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can only assume he must have fallen out with. Paul Cook or something like that because otherwise it's a very weird move yep. from their perspective one we spoke about already West Brom have signed Callum Robinson from Sheffield United could be a really good signing yep. uh, Bristol City have sold Josh Brownhill to Burnley for £9 million yeah. 
Seems like a good move for all parties involved. It's a good fee. Uh, again, probably could have done with that being earlier on in the window so they could bring in a replacement for Brownhill because he's been influential for, for Bristol City this season. Yeah, he's their best midfielder, isn't he? Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Uh, they brought in Naki Bowles from Burnley for yeah. £5 million after a spell at QPR was cut short. Albert Adoma has gone to Cardiff on loan from Forest. That move not really worked out at Forest, has it? I forgot he existed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Middlesbrough have signed for Vel Morrison on loan from Sheffield United. Could, 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 could that, go that, one of two ways, that. That, that could be the best signing uh, of the transfer window it also, it also could be the worst signing of the transfer window yeah I, I agree with that uh, Brentford have completed the double signing of Shannon Baptiste and Tariq Frosu from Oxford that one really gets you going look at your face Ooh. oh you've got those eyes uh, If even if they'd have gone to a different club it's not just Brentford being the fact that if both game both of them is such a big win for any team three million for three million pounds mm. I think some clubs will be kicking themselves for not doing that themselves uh, as the season goes on. Uh, Boya Baston has joined Villa from Swansea. We'd move from Villa there. Uh, James Chester has gone to Stoke on loan from Villa. I like that signing. You're not as big a fan, but I think we're talking about a quality centre-back at this level. Yeah, but when you consider the amount of centre-half Stoke have gone through in the last 18 months, he adds to that always injured like the rest of them. And slow like the rest of them. But he was Villa's best centre-back uh, two seasons ago when they had John Terry. And not as much last season because he was out injured, yeah, but definitely. still quality player. He's had, I've read a few articles on his injuries. They seemed very traumatic and very hard to get over. I'll be surprised if he's anywhere near as good as he was a couple of seasons. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Jonas Lursell rejoined Huddersfield on loan from Everton after leaving in the summer. Uh, that one completely passed me by. Yeah. But he was quite good for them in the Premier League. So the fact he's made this move, interesting. Especially after uh, Gabara, he got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad, bad head injury, so... He'll uh, definitely fill his boots for the time being. Uh, Gaetan Bong is now a Forest player after going there from Brighton on loan. Luton have brought in Cameron Carter-Vickers and Union on Kane on loan, which we've said already. Mm-hmm. Uh, 72-year-old Aidan McGeady is off to Charlton from Sunderland. I don't like that signing. No, neither do I. Uh, he'll be joined by David Davis, who's on loan from Birmingham. I did not know about that. Interesting oh. move. Um, he's played a bit for Birmingham this season, hasn't he, David Davis? He has, but again, he's one of the players who hasn't really... Been a, he had a good season under Rowett, I think, and was was fairly good. And I don't think he's really got to that level of of performance yet. Mm-hmm. Cardiff have let Lee Peltier go to West Brom on a free, and have signed Brad Smith from Bournemouth instead. Uh, this one surprises me. Taylor Moore has been loaded out to Blackpool from Bristol City. Yeah, he was playing regularly for them until fairly recently. That is a strange one. Weird move, that. Uh, Marcus Henriksen has been sent to Bristol City on loan from Hull. QPR have let Tony Leisner leave on loan to Cologne. Yeah, we mentioned that one, didn't we? Yeah, weird move, that one. Uh, Scott Hogan's gone to Bournemouth, uh, Birmingham sorry, on loan from Villa. And Jean-Kevin Augustin is now a Leeds player after his loan was confirmed on Monday. One final bit. Um, that's all the transfer roundup from the final week of the January well window. Done, Thank you. One last thing we have to mention, though. Anthony Robinson... The Wigan left-back. All set for a move to AC Milan. AC Milan, Justin. On the final day of the window, but then the move broke down, apparently after Wigan asked for more money. The poor bloke. How do you go back into the change room and go... Imagine completing your medical. Probably had a look round the San Siro. Thought, oh, I can't wait to be playing here for one of the most famous clubs in the world. 
only to be told you've got to go back to Wigan. When you put it into that, because Milan is a very nice place. It's crushing. Yeah. I, I bet you would have got a massive pay rise as well. Just playing for AC Milan, because they, they, they just got rid of Rodriguez, didn't they? So it'd have been a fair bet to start a few games. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, I think, yeah, they've recalled... Um, I can't even remember his name some uh, lad that was on loan at another Serie A club uh, so it looks like he's going to play instead but it looks like Anthony Robinson would have got a bit of game time as well so massive blow for him I feel so sorry for him they, they should have just let him go really shouldn't they yeah, yeah is it bad bad form by Wigan Stinker. but he is their player yeah that is the that is the main thing at the end of the day let's do some polls Justin at the start of the show we asked you three questions Three very, very important questions. We'll start off with this one. It is... Is Brentford's front three the best the championship has ever seen? No. 61% said no. So quite close. Mm. I asked people to name uh, a better front three. Sahar, Hales, Boamorte. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's going back. Uh, Yotta, Afobe and Cavalero. Barnes, Gale and Rodriguez. Yeah. I suppose that was quite good last season. Uh, Murray, March and Nockyart for Yacht, Brighton. Sorry, Yotta, Cavalier and Afobi. Afobi didn't play for Walton. No, I don't think he did, actually, no, did he? No, on a team. No. Uh, Roberts, Ellington and McCulloch. Ooh, ooh <laughs> that, that, that is one of my favourite front threes. That is a good front three. Harewood, Johnson and Huckabee for Forrest. I'll tell you what, that's sexy as well. Um, I think that's it. But some good shouts there. Well done to our listeners. Big fan of all of them. Um, next question was, will the top six stay as it is, not necessarily in that order? You said yes. Yes, yeah, I, I think it will. 38% said yes. It's quite a lot. This... I thought more people would say no, but I, I, yeah. it's hard to find... For me, it's the last place. But I think the top five will definitely all be in the top six mm. by the end of the season. And finally, who's going to win Super Bowl 54? The options were the Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers, or don't give a shit. I I do give a shit, mm. and I think the 49ers will edge the Chiefs. I don't give a shit, and 59% of people agree with me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but for any American football fans, the 49ers got 23%, the Chiefs got 18%. So, well done. Good luck to all involved. <laughs> it's Craig Barson Pub Quiz time, Justin. Woo. So, this is the part of the show where I have a secret footballer for Justin. All he has to do is figure out who it is. He's made at least 200 championship appearances and I've got six clues for Justin to try and guess who he is. Who points out of that? I've not made 200 championship appearances. No. The player you've chosen. No, but made. you deserve it. If I you hadn't got that knee injury... Yes. <laughs> uh, first clue, I've made 258 championship appearances, scoring 44 goals. This is a wide player, I think. Mm-hmm. Gary Teal. It's not Gary Teal, but nice to hear him mentioned. I made my professional debut for Arsenal in okay. 2007. In 2007. John Terrell. It's not John Terrell. Uh, I've played in the championship for five different clubs, including Norwich, okay. West Ham, yeah. and Watford. Ooh, 2007. Norwich, West Ham, Watford. 
So he would have played for West Ham in the 2011-12 season mm. when they went up through the playoffs under Allardyce. Is he a forward? He might be a forward. Mm. Mm. Next clue, please. I've been promoted via the playoffs with two different clubs. West Ham. <laughs> so what were the three teams? Norwich, West Ham and Watford? Yeah. Though he's played for five different clubs. Oh, but what Watford didn't go up through the playoffs... Oh. Next one. Next one. I'm best known for my spell at a current championship club where I made 145 appearances and scored 32, including one season where I got 10 goals from midfield. Oh, prolific. <laughs> Quite good. That's all right. That's not really a good clue, to be honest with you. You just told me what I already know, except he had a good spell at one season. Well, at he, club. he plays for a current championship club. Well, yeah. played for a current championship club. Uh, I don't know. Last clue. Yeah. That led to me moving to my current club for three million pounds, where I've only made 40 league appearances in four seasons and scored two. Duh, these clues are absolute tosh. They're in the Premier League, if that helps. It's because if I say either of these clubs, you'll get it instantly. I reckon he's at Bournemouth. They spend money and waste it and let players sit idly by, earning their salaries and nothing. I will say he's at a club who spends endless amounts of money more than Bournemouth. Okay. So maybe he's at Man City. No, I mean... I mean <laughs> to use a different word, they spunk their money on rubbish <laughs> that that's half the Premier League who's least. the worst for it West Ham no next one Newcastle no in the bottom three at the moment oh Villa yep <laughs> <laughs> so he's at Villa um, oh he's at Villa now oh crap I thought if I said Villa you'd get it straight away oh I know who yeah, it is you know who it is damn yeah, it yeah it's Henry Lansbury yeah <laughs> You shouldn't have said Villa. That is... I thought if I said Forest for the club that was at, you'd have 100% got it. No, because they went through 100 players in midfield at one point. Yeah, but none were as good as him at one point, were they? Because he was absolutely unbelievable at one point. Yeah, it was. He nearly moved sure. to Derby, didn't he, from Forest? I don't know if that's just Asian talk, because, you know, they speak a lot. They do talk a lot. Some might say too much. But this has been the Second Tier Podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. Um, We'll be back next Sunday. Might have something in midweek. Don't really know. Yeah. You might get it. You might not. (laughs) We like to keep people on their toes. Yep, especially ourselves. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.